Life is a canvas. Listen as Dr. Allison R. Tendler and her guests paint the stories of entrepreneurs, executives, and business leaders on her podcast, The Art of Seeing Clearly. Through insightful questions and thought-provoking conversation, Allison and her guests explore the essence of what it means to truly experience life, business, entrepreneurship, love, success, and even failure through a clearer lens. I'm your host, Dr. Allison R. Tendler, board-certified ophthalmologist, surgeon, owner, and CEO of Art Vision and Artisan Skin and Laser Center. I literally get to work every day to help people see better on the 2020 eye chart. But true clarity in life and in business often requires a slightly different kind of vision. I happen to have a passion for learning how other entrepreneurs and leaders find their clarity, and I want to share with you some of their secrets to success. As we wrap up 2023 and gear up for 2024, it's definitely a time for learning and reflection. Today, we're recapping some of the many insights shared by our guests last year. These are just a few of the many nuggets of wisdom the thought leaders, entrepreneurs, and leaders imparted. I hope that as you listen to today's episode, you'll consider how these actionable insights apply to your business and life in the year ahead. Thanks for tuning in as we revisit impactful conversations and hopefully equip you with real-world wisdom to tackle the challenges of 2024. This year, we heard a lot of firsthand experiences from remarkable individuals who've grappled with imposter syndrome on their path to success. Eric Lupton, who took a non-traditional route by leaving high school to join his family's company, became the president of Lifesaver Pool Fence at the young age of 21. Amidst his rapid rise, Eric found himself battling imposter syndrome. He shared the journey of proving not only to his team, but more importantly to himself, that he could lead effectively at such a young age. Were you naturally inclined towards running, operating, managing a business as well as employees? Or is this something, again, you don't know what you don't know, but we want to have a successful business, so let's dive in and make it happen. I think so. I, I was always a, a leader type person. You know, I think I was always kind of the, the leader of my friend group and I was always starting clubs and leadership is kind of part of my DNA. And also uh, entrepreneurship is definitely part of our, you know, as a family DNA. Like I, I was, I was going to ask that. So to go on that a little bit more. Yeah. We were told very young that, you know, we, we were definitely weren't going to get a job somewhere and work somewhere that whatever we did, We'd be working, you know, our own businesses and we'd be working on our own. And, and so that was the, the, the reason for the dropping out of high school. You know, the, the idea was, you know, you're, you're never going to have a job, right? You're never going to work for somebody. And, you know, what, you know, what, what's the diploma for really? And, um, and so that, that was kind of the, the thought process behind uh, leaving school was I can, I can spend this time doing something, you know, more, more educational than maybe I was getting in the, the local high school. If you were to talk to your 21-year-old self now or your high school dropout self at this point, would you still say the same thing? Yeah, absolutely. For sure. Why? You know, I, um, I decided there had to be some hidden knowledge that the, the folks who went to business school had that I was missing out on. You know, the, the, the arcane MBA stuff that I, I must, you know, I, I clearly would have been a better business owner if I'd, if I'd done these things. So I, uh, when I got my GD like in my late 20s. And with the intent purpose of signing up for, for business school and like getting a, a business degree. 
And I did it for a year and change. Mm-hmm. And I kept forgetting to bring the books home from the office. Like they were sitting in saran wrap on, on my desk. And I kept bringing them home and I kept going home and doing the work. And I kept getting perfect scores and all the work. And I kept, you know, getting, I was like the, you know, teacher's helper, but I was always getting asked questions and I was supporting everybody. And um, I was acing all the accounting stuff, which I thought was going to be like the place where I was missing information. What am now, I doing? Granted, yeah. that is not probably the normal. You are this extraordinary mind. I'm not sure what your IQ is. I've I've read it. It's, it's like out of the, you know, kind of out of the universe. So were things just easy for you? Do you feel like you were bored with school? Maybe, you know, and, you know, I, I have cerebral palsy. I use a wheelchair. So things are not bright for me, which, you know, uh, made things a little more difficult too. So, yeah, I think a, a combination of, you know, trying to operate in an environment that wasn't wasn't optimized for me and maybe a little bit of boredom and seeing, you know, does this seem kind of pointless in a lot of ways? Um, you know, they wanted me to take gym, you know, and I'm like, what, what am I going to do in gym? Like, it doesn't make sense. And you know, just so they can cross off something on their right, thing. Right. Cause I had to, right. If the, the state department required me to take a gym class. And, um, so I'm like, I think I'm, I think I'm good. I think I'm done. But, but yeah, so I, you know, I was acing all these classes and not reading any of the material. And I thought, you know, Maybe maybe actually running a business for 10 years is is as good as, as going to business school. Maybe I'm not actually missing anything. So I think it worked out for the best. Sadie Swear, a dedicated supporter of women entrepreneurs, emphasized the importance of pushing boundaries to achieve one's best self. In her quest to empower others, Sadie continually confronts and works to conquer imposter syndrome. Sadie and I had a wonderful conversation about overcoming this mental barrier. I believe I'm getting better at it, but I think I still have those moments of, Sadie, do you really deserve to be on this podcast? But I think that I've done a lot of self-internal work to get better about imposter syndrome specifically. Have I you asked that because let's be real. Yeah. I think if anybody was going to be real, we all have that at certain moments. There are, I mean, so absolutely. And you have to take a step back and turn your mind, kind of like warp your mind a little and say like, no, that is not correct thinking. You're anxious about this, you're this or that, but it doesn't mean you don't deserve to be here to do that, to be on this board, to go speak at this event. Yet, yet you hear other people do things and you're like, oh, they're so amazing. Oh, this is so, you know, this, this, this person is fabulous. I'm nothing like that. You know, so like, yes, what you think about yourself. So, so I don't think it changes. I think that we just go through different segments of life and different challenges. But if you're already thinking that like at, you know, at your age, hey, I'm trying to change my mind and change how I think you're already gaining power. Mm. You're already gaining power over that, that imposter syndrome, you know, fear that something that something's putting in your head that's not really real but you're gaining power just by recognizing mm. it in, in my thing and I, do you do you feel do you have you run into men who have ever you know admitted that they feel that they have imposter syndrome i can't say that i have at this point but i will say i think they're oh i have a tough time speaking just about men because that's not my lived experience <laughs> But, you know, I think they have this freedom that they know it might not need to be perfect. It can be done. And I think there's a pressure of it has to be 
either perfect or it has to be so good for women. It has to be above and beyond. Mm -hmm. But I really liked what you talked about when you said imposter syndrome might be something you never really get over, but you have those tools, you have that mindset of, oh, pause. I'm having those thoughts again, or I'm thinking that way. Let's take a breath. I think for me, what has helped a lot is positive affirmations or speaking those things out loud. I have a sticky note in the mirror and it's those things that I just need to tell myself in the morning or if I'm having a tough day. Yes. And I need to I need to start the day off with those mirror messages. And that's helped me a lot with imposter syndrome. Their stories serve as powerful illustrations of resilience and determination, proving that even the most accomplished individuals face these internal struggles. I really want to thank Eric and Sadie for sharing their own practical strategies for conquering imposter syndrome in the pursuit of personal and professional excellence. Not every business owner or entrepreneur is fortunate enough to harness their passions and hobbies into thriving business ventures. As leaders, I believe we all aspire to that goal. This last year, we spoke to two entrepreneurs who shared their entrepreneurial aspirations and how they shaped them into their lifestyle and careers. Alex Halbach is known for never shying away from lending a helping hand. He shared with us how what he deems a mistake transformed into a hobby and then his business, where he continues to gain valuable insights and lessons. How do you set up your boundaries for yourself so that you preserve and maximize some of the time for uh, time for Alex? Like, do you, do you get Alex yeah. time? Yeah, I think, you know, for me, the, the Alex time really is when I get to throw myself into those projects so that I'm passionate about. I really get a lot of energy and enjoy that work. Um, yeah. You know, the, what's the old, and I don't, I don't want to get really cliche here, but, you know, people always say, find what your passion is and then figure out a way to make money with that passion. It is so true. And for me, a lot of that time where I would say that's, I classify it as me time, yeah. is really time spent working on those projects and in those areas that I just really get a lot of pleasure and enjoyment out of. So I think, again, it when you're looking at board service as well, there's a lot of really great organizations in this community, a lot of great organizations that have a lack of people that really want to jump in and get engaged at that level. And I think there's a lot of young professionals in Sioux Falls that have really a level of imposter syndrome where they feel like they they don't have anything that they can add to a board or that they that they aren't good enough to participate or be involved at that level. And I would tell all of them that they're full of a bunch of crap because there are so <laughs> many organizations that just need people to care. Johanna Mickle and John Kinstead harnessed their love for the outdoors, carpentry, and cooking to create Four Rest Retreat in British Columbia, Canada. This mountain haven offers hiking trails, yoga, meditation experiences, and custom-built cabins, all born from the owner's passion and lifestyle. We learned a lot from these entrepreneurs about the process of translating personal interests into a successful and fulfilling business endeavor. What's the mission to bring this place as a place for others? Yeah, that is definitely the mission here. It's just, I mean, we could talk a lot about this, I guess, but in a nutshell, you know, trying to make our community a better place and have offerings and have a place for people to reset and 
to be around nature and share what we have here. Because uh, I know that we are fortunate to have this, but a lot of people live in cities and, and need to be out in space and just trying to. Yeah. Well, you, I mean, you could have done that, you know, you could have moved to this piece of land, built a home or two or a cabin and just done this and been there yourselves, you know, yeah. had your garden. I mean, you could have done that alone. So I was like, my, I really wanted to know what the bigger calling was like, why'd you decide to turn this into something more than just something for you two? Yeah. I, th- I think we've, we've both always been very lifestyle driven and in that trying to be a part of the bigger community. That's part of it, creating opportunities for people to experience this kind of lifestyle. I, I feel like when we get visitors and you start chatting, they're they're just so blown away with what we have, that we have all the space and that, you know, we've chosen to to live in a place less based on career and more based on recreational opportunities and our lifestyle choices. And so I didn't really realize it then, but starting to realize it now that that people are drawn to that. People want to come and visit these places where the lifestyle is so different. And, and the, the bigger picture of where we live in British Columbia, this region called the Kootenays, has always been a counterculture draw for people, but people who choose to be here because they love the mountains, they, they love the rivers, they love the skiing. And I see it as this is a lifestyle experience. Thanks so much to Alex, Johanna, and John for sharing your stories of turning your passions into a purposeful business venture. Many of our guests and I explored leadership resilience and how those experiences have helped them conquer obstacles, both in business and in life. Eric Lupton shared his unique perspective on leadership, emphasizing how being born in a wheelchair has shaped his journey. Eric shed light on the strength he discovered within himself and the resilience required to lead effectively despite societal perceptions. His story is a testament to the power of embracing one's circumstances and turning them into strengths. If you're lucky enough to be born using a wheelchair right, and having cerebral palsy, you are constantly finding creative solutions to problems that no one else has ever had before. Right. Because no one with, with my set of abilities has ever, you know, learned how to type on a keyboard or use a mouse or eat food or, you know, get to work or, or whatever it is. Right. Um, yes. And so, you know, I've had to invent all these ways to do things for myself without anyone to, to help me essentially. Which is like the key successful stories of entrepreneurs and business owners. Right. Exactly. So. Um, I, I, I'm constantly being forced by my circumstance to, you know, be a creative problem solver. So I think that's been a, a, a huge benefit to, to growing a business because, you know, I, I think most CEOs, as I'm sure you would know, are, you know, chief, you know, firefighters, right? We're, we're, we're essentially problem solvers. That's the, that's the whole job. Next, we revisit our conversation with Johanna and John, entrepreneurs who turned their love for the outdoors, carpentry, and cooking into the successful Four Rest Retreat in British Columbia, Canada. They shared their experience in taking that crucial first step on the path to entrepreneurial success. What skills or lessons would you hope to instill in your son regarding being an entrepreneur and going for it? I think you said it right there is like, go for it. If you have (laughs) something you want to do, you know, you're going to get it done. Mm -hmm. You just have to get past that part like the first step is always the hardest, I'd say, but like 
get past that part of your mind where it's like, oh, maybe I can't do that because of this or that. And like mm-hmm. now, you know, if you really want it, you're going to get there. It, you just have to realize there's going to be trials to get there. That's life, right? Mm-hmm. So I think that's what I like to instill in him is just to just do it anyway. Sadie Swear's journey provides yet another perspective as she shares how overcoming personal challenges was integral to becoming her best self. Through resilience and determination, Sadie transformed difficult times into opportunities for growth. What I've been noticing is, well, if you walk around downtown Sioux Falls, or now I'm learning many other Main Street areas in South Dakota, you're going to find, yes, you're going to find so many of those brick and mortar places retailers, restaurants, they are either owned by a woman or they're ran or managed by women. So going through downtown Sioux Falls, going through the pandemic in that, I really learned what it was like being a woman and owning a business, even though I have not owned my own business. And that's those experiences that I've been able to carry with me to this next position as the director of a women's business center for the east side of South Dakota. That's phenomenal. And was that a brand new like chapter or brand new thing? So you're not coming into a somebody else's role or taking it from, you're like, this is a brand new step. So how's that been going for you? Ooh, ooh, Dr. Tendler. <laughs> uh, so yes, so this center opened in August of 2021, <laughs> but I became director in July of 2022. Okay. So like you said, it hasn't quite been a year, yeah. but I've been saying I've never resonated with a small business owner more because it's a, its own startup organization itself. So it was just me at the start. Now I have one other team member, but that means you're wearing a lot of the hats mm-hmm. and you're learning a lot of processes. And we are hosted through Black Hill State University. Uh, yes. 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 And we are federally funded by the Small Business Administration. So working with the federal government and grants and reporting and just all these different things. So it has been a lot of opportunity for growth, but I asked for it. I knew that that's what it would be, but it... That that resonates with me on, you know, you, you seek, and I think this is just you from the, the little bit that I've been able to, to glean about you, like reaching for opportunities. You don't run from them, you reach for them. And that's a really amazing trait of a empowered female and no matter, I think, what you decide to do and where this this next role takes you, I mean, that's just going to drive you through the next several chapters as well. So I want to commend yeah. you for what I what I see there. Thank you. And, yes. And it's really about what you said, empowering. And so that's our mission is empowering women and propelling economic development across the state. And even through those hard times, that's what we're all about. And The quote that has been getting me through some of those challenging times is Theodore Roosevelt said, nothing worthwhile in life comes easy. Nothing worthwhile in life comes easy. And through the tough times, through those hard times, through the challenge, the growth, that's when you become your best self. And I've had more growth in the last eight months than I think I've had in years. I loved exploring Alex Halbach's perspective on understanding where your strength lies as a leader. Alex delved into the importance of self-awareness 
and recognizing personal strengths, highlighting how this understanding can be a powerful tool in overcoming obstacles. Through that relationship, though, with with renovating my own property, the the prime contractor, who is a friend of mine, who did the property here, we have stayed in touch. I was very happy with the product. Um, and as I continued to grow and expand and do more commercial properties or, and look at renovating some of my existing residential uh, uh, portfolio, it just, I wanted him to do the work because I was happy with him. I was happy with what he was doing. Well, I'll need his name when we get done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that is why we merged. So my prime contractor, um, we I finally had lunch with him one day and I said, why are we doing this separately? Why aren't we doing this together? Um, because one of the biggest limitations in my property company was when I would when I would get something purchased, I would want to get work done before it was ready to rent or, you know, we had looked at some kind of higher end flip type of, and I don't like the word flip, but some higher end reimaginations of some properties. Oh, that's a good word, reimagination of a property. Yeah. But the biggest limitation on that was I couldn't find people to get the work done. Mm, yeah. I couldn't get slotted into their schedule. I couldn't get, you know, my biggest limiting factor on growth was not being able to get the actual physical construction done. Um, and so I solved that by merging and mm. um, bringing in a trusted partner who kind of manages the construction end of our business now. As we look back on our 2023 podcast season, I want to express true heartfelt gratitude to all of our incredible guests who made this journey unforgettable. Your wisdom, experiences, and unique perspectives have truly enriched all of us. Thank you, Eric Lupton, for your inspiring journey and lessons on resilience. Johanna and John, your story of creating Four Rest Retreat is a testament to the transformative power of passion and hard work. Sadie Swear, your insights on overcoming challenges and being the best version of oneself are truly empowering. And Alex Hallbeck, your perspective on understanding personal strengths and leadership is invaluable. To our listeners, thank you for joining us on this exploration of our guest stories and insights. May the lessons we learned together in 2023 serve as guiding lights in the year ahead. As we step into 2024, may it be a year of clarity, seeing ourselves, others, and the opportunities that lie ahead more clearly. I wish everyone a prosperous and fulfilling 2024. May you stay inspired, curious, and keep learning. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.